Yes, and later in the show, we've got a new segment coming up, 10 Minutes Smoking Kemp, uh, where we've got the old slice of Denon. He's going to talk to uh, about uh, Benny Hannett. It's got some interesting revelations and also community service notice. Uh, we're going to do a segment called uh, Denon's Guide to Building a Business Empire. So if you like money, if you want to go to the toilet, look down on the bowl and just see $100 notes, you make sure you listen to the next hour. Boys, Monday Australian time, Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs up against the uh, Philly Eagles. Webby, firstly, the rise and rise and rise of Jordan Mailata. Unbelievable story, isn't it? So I've interviewed Jordan a few times, particularly, including when he got drafted by the Eagles. He had a choice. He could take $5,000 to play for North Sydney as part of South Sydney's feeder team and would have to drop a lot of weight to try and make the NRL squad. Or he had this dream to well, – we didn't really have a dream. He actually got pushed towards it by his management as a last resort, really, to go into this international pathways program that the NFL have had for a few years. Um, and then five years later, playing at left tackle, one of the most important positions on the field in a team that's uh, rarely been beaten this year and favourites in the Super Bowl – Super Bowl, mm. not goal – the Super Bowl against – uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas Kansas City Chiefs. God, spit it out. Yeah, that's all right. Well. It's all right. It's all right, Junior. Just take your time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this NFL season, Webby. It, yes. I know, we, we said the same last year and the year before that, but it continues to get bigger and bigger in Australia. I would suggest Super Bowl on Monday is starting to almost get a profile like AFL NRL Grand Final. I reckon it's the new Melbourne Cup for under 25s. For a week, off, a day off during the week where you can go and drink and watch sport. Mm. It's become a thing. Like, like Monday, there'd be few pubs where it's not heaving with people watching a sport they know little about. Yeah, when I when I had a, a pub, that that would be something that people just would ring incessantly about. Are you showing the Super Bowl? Are you showing the Super Bowl? And I'm not a huge NFL watcher, but you're totally right. Like it's it's almost like becoming a part of the Aussie calendar, if you mm. will. So I, I agree. I think, and the thing is, they're so good at marketing their game and getting the players' profiles out there, and even the, just the way they deliver their content around the game. They're just they're the best in the world. The best in the world. So I, I agree. I think it's a, a great point. You think about young Australian athletes, or you know, uh, let's say, for instance, right, a young rugby league. Or when Jason Tamalolo is here, a young fella, imagine, and he looks at jo- Jordan Mailata and what looking what he can achieve, he'd sit there and go. Like, honestly, there's going to be a lot of young Australian guys coming through, you know, big young guys going, what do I do? Rugby union? Rugby league? Or do I give this NFL thing a crack? I've been listening to all these media throughout the week there. So you're right. Their media coverage is unbelievable. Because I've covered Super Bowls before, incidentally, when you talk to American journos or even the players over there and you tell them that, you know, the, the people are packing pubs in uh, Australia at 10 a.m. on a Monday morning to watch Super Bowl, it blows them away. Because mm. they're just so narrow-minded and think it's just basically, you know, the Americas where there's an interest in in uh, American football. Um, but so I'm getting all the all the audio of all his media throughout the week, and he does, he's done three three one-hour slots this week for in the lead up to the game. He's he handles himself well. It does and and handles some of the stupidest questions, but uh. all the way through it, the the American genos are obsessed with asking him what skills have you brought over from rugby. Mm. rugby league to American football. And he says, none it's, they're completely different sports. And he says, like people think that he's just blocking 
and that that's you know you just get your big body in front of the the defender and it's so much more technical and nuanced than that and he said it's so more difficult than playing a game of rugby league um in comparison you look at those blokes how they how they block or protect mm. and shows you what good athletes they are because yet they can't actually hold yeah. So they've almost like got to open palm and hold them, which means they've got to be that fast on their feet to put their body directly in front well, against they, guys who are smaller trying to zip around. Well, them. they have, or they just they do hold, but they disguise it because they get in and like if you're if you're that that offensive lineman, you, you you're trying to like leverage it by getting attacking the armpit and get in there and getting tight. So mm. it's a really, but you've got to know what play the other the other team's offense is likely to uh, sorry the other team's defense is likely to do on you know, on certain plays. It's like, it's very, it's trying to learn that playbook has been like a very difficult part thing for him. Philadelphia have been great all the way through the year and people, a lot of people have been waiting for them to to stumble. The other side that was flying through the year that I thought were heading for a uh, Super Bowl was Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Mm. But that, you know, almost that tragedy, that that dramatic scenes of uh, DeMar Hamlin, we went to cardiac arrest after the collision Everything that happened around that, I reckon the bills were never the same. So like that emotion got them so far, um, until uh, until they uh, who who beat them? Sorry, Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, Bengals. the Bengals. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I uh, I'd love to see Philadelphia win for Jordan Mailata, and they are favourites. But man, I tell you what, it's it's hard to back against Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. What a he's a genius. Is Although he, he's he, he is injured. He's got a he's vulnerable. So, is he it, on the pathway to greatness already? Oh, yeah. Has to be. Yeah, without a doubt. Mm. He, he, I think, like in his first four years or five years he's been playing, mm. like I think the in the NFL, like the championship games are like the, the worst he's ever done. He got, is, dra- he got drafted in the Major League base, Baseball, didn't he? Yeah, because his, his dad was a baseball player. His father player, yeah. was a oh, yeah, champion yeah. baseball player. You know when he did the ankle? Junior. I loved how he just got straight back on there. Like he's hopping around on one leg. Yeah, and it was it was it had a couple of downs where he's like basically hopping, hopping backwards to throw the ball. Which you don't. I mean, and look, like this is just an assumption, but I assume you don't see that as much like that toughness and resilience in. Uh-huh. Obviously, you do in like a lot of players, but mm. a lot of quarterbacks, I think they're a bit bubble wrapped. Well, they, they yeah, do. They, they say they well, say to the quarterbacks, if you're going to rush, rather than sometimes getting the first down, mm. just take a knee. And will happily surrender possession as opposed to you getting injured because I mean they build the whole business mm. in the NFL every every club every franchise the yeah. whole business is built around the quarterback and because each game matters in the NFL season that it's they want you on in the field every time oh. opposed to being out for two or three weeks that could derail the season and what that's done? why Jordan Mulata is so important because he's on the blind side mm-hmm. inspired by that movie The Blind, blind side, side with Michael Orr. Yeah. Who I have quote who I have. I'm in, I've interviewed for a story in the Herald tomorrow. Yeah, right. What's he was it? really good. He said he can. T- he sees the because c- that's all that Jordan Malata's experience was. The Blind Side, that movie with Sandra mm. Bullock. So oh, wow. that was his reference point. And when he went to that International Pathways um, uh, camp, they said, "What position do you think?" He goes, "Oh, left tackle," because that's what Michael Orr played. And now he's about to win, play play in the Super Bowl mm. and trying to win a Super Bowl like yeah. Michael. All did for the Baltimore Ravens. Webby, I read the uh, – sorry, I listened to an interview with the guy who wrote the book, The Blind Side, who, of course, wrote Moneyball as well. Yeah. Oh, Michael Lewis. That? That's it. Michael Lewis. And they said, how did you f- – how do you find these stories? You know, like Moneyball and whatnot. And he said, on The Blind Side, he said what it was was that his, his friend, a very, very good friend of his, was married to who Sandra Bullock played. And he said – he went over to the house one day and he said, here is this – 
absolute, like, gigantic kid just sitting on the couch. And he grabbed his mate and said, who's, who's that bloke? And he said, oh, you know, you know my wife, it's one of her projects. And then one thing leads to the other. It's just an amazing story. Talking about great stories, the Kelsey brothers. Mm. Both of them playing tight end. Uh, they're, they're saying that the mother, they're talking about the mother flipping the coin before the game. Yeah. If anything happens to Travis Kelsey, though, on the Chiefs, I reckon he's the key. Like, you're talking about Holmes. He's the Gronkowski. He's yeah. the key to a Chiefs victory. Mm. We're going to watch it, boys. A pub. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's I'm, actually gr- go, I'm actually filing a column from the pub. Yeah, I was supposed to be there. Oh, well, you were. I got accreditation for it, and then it all sort of fell through last week. You don't love I was really, play. I was really happy. <laughs> I bet you were. Um, had to un- unpack the suitcase. Yes. We, the thing I love about Super Bowl is it's one of those that we, where Trish walks in the room and says, "It's ten a.m. Why are you drinking?" And I go, "Aha!" <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl. Um, boys got a uh, text message through. They said, "Each of your opinions. Who are the three best quarterbacks of all time?" Geez, that's hard. That's hard because I'm. A, yeah, there's there's a lot of them. My favourite was, um, let me think, Jeez, oh, I'm bad. I was bagging someone for a bad memory the other day. And he, um, of course, brought by Joe. Joe Namath's my favourite, but you mm. wouldn't put him in the top three. Who would you have so I saw, I saw Lawrence Taylor, the most uh, famed defender of all time. He, he puts Joe Montana above Brady. Yeah, wow. And, for, and he only did it a couple of days ago. He said, said it to the New York Post. The, the reason being is that Brady had, what did he say, had all the protection. Yeah, right. All the rules went, were in his favour to protect qu- the, protect the quarterback. Don't quarterbacks just have these real alpha names like movie star names? Yeah. Like Joe Montana, Joe Montana, <laughs> Joe Namath, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, uh, my, John Elway, uh, Brett Favre. As my dad once said, Bru- uh, Drew uh, Brees. <laughs> my old man called Jay Z Jay Z. That's where I got that. <laughs> that Doctor Dre. <laughs> Uh, I, mate, I get, yeah, Tom Brady's got to be there, Joe Montana. Then you've got blokes like it, Brett Favre, um, Peyton Manning used Peyton to Manning, love sure. Peyton oh, Manning, love John Elway. Again, talk John Elway. He went first pick for the New York Yankees. Oh, really? He went He went first pick for the New York Yankees and was going to play baseball because he got drafted by someone else and said, no, I'm not going to play for a cold weather side, but then signed for Denver anyway <laughs> for a bigger money move. Um, Willie Beeman. Willie one of, great, one of the great, one of the great movies. Benny, I'll throw it to you. Who? Uh, see, I see. I'm a Troy Aikman man from uh, the mid '90s. I was a, um, I was a Dallas Cowboys He's a bit of a supporter. strange. He's a bit of a strange cat, Troy Aikman. When great commentator, him, though. Yeah, he's a good. Him and Joe Buck. <laughs> Joe Buck. That's Joe, the most American name ever. Joe Buck. <laughs> Joe Buck went public and said that he's had four hair tr- transfusions. He was on that Smartless episode, right, with Jason Bateman and Will Will uh, Arnett, and they're like, mate, we've got so much respect for you. And they said, like, you know, you've come out and said you've had hair, tr- hair transfusion. He said, I've had four. And I was like, can you imagine, like, a TV personality just coming out and saying, hey, guys, I'm going for my fifth facelift. <laughs> and in Australia, just people still taking you serious. <laughs> but true, but I, shout have, out to Richard Wilkins. He actually does have great hair. Yeah, Joe, Joe Buck. Yes. But you look, you look at all the great quarterbacks, and they all go into commentating, like Troy Aikman, Steve Young, gone into commentating. Tony Romo. Tony Romo's gone into commentating. And then you look at Tom Brady, who's just signed the contract with Fox. I know. For $375 million. Well, someone's got to start somewhere. Yeah, I know. You know, Is that what you got paid when you went to the footy show? 
Sorry? 335 million? <laughs> yeah, something like yeah. that. But, did, didn't, but so Joe Buck. Not enough, by the way. Didn't, didn't Joe, Joe Buck, Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman, didn't they, when they, they moved uh, in the offseason, they went for a huge amount of money from Fox to, was it Fox? Fox to ESPN yeah. in the T- States? Tony Romo, like the amount of money he gets. And there's been a bit of pushback on because initially like Tony. Tony Romo this is what happened with people he's getting a bit gibbery I've found this year well it's mm. a lot of times I like Tony Romo I like him too but he's gibbery I had a t- talk once or twice to retiring players who went in the media and they're like what's your advice and I said well you'll find in the first six months people will go this guy's so refreshing <laughs> and then if you don't watch yourself they'll be saying well this dickhead shut up that's it <laughs> that's, and that's that where is. Tony Romo yeah. is at the yeah. moment they had to do intervention on him the 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 uh, the, uh, t- the television network and go and meet with him and actually talk through. And see say there, what? you had too much to say there. <laughs> see you doing this. See how initially people loved you predicting the plays and that you just got in the way. And I thought, oh, Tony, welcome to television. You mate. know what cracks me up in NRL commentary media though? It's like when all these certain, let's say, I won't name, name the names, but certain former players who, let's just say, were very very sensitive to just the smallest amount of criticism as a player and then they've become a talking head on a panel and they just bag anybody yeah. to try and get their name out there and I go oh are you talking, how, about, you're how, talking about Nathan Highmarsh no I'm not <laughs> more Fletch but I mean, how the worm has turned how yeah, the worm has, has turned I like bagging people in the media stop please he's got nothing <laughs> morning <laughs> Carl <laughs> you just bagged anyone when you're a player and as a former absolutely. player absolutely <laughs> yeah I hate everybody we'll take a break movie of the week next